This is a podcast review from Jaja Yo. She says, every single Monday, I put on my shoes, don my headphones to work out the things God calls me to do. This is the best way to start my week. I am being transformed. These walking, running through the Bible podcasts have sparked my study anew. Can't get enough. Oh my goodness. That's so fun. Can I read one more? These are just so fun. This one is from ABL0113. It's titled, The Best Hour I Spend. By far the best hour of my day. Earbuds in and out the door to soak up the word and truth while honoring my body. Elise's messages are always right on time. I wish I had a time-lapse video of my thoughts and the posture of my heart since I first started listening two years ago. Transformation happens here. Amen. I too wish I had a time-lapse video. Goodness, that's such a good visual. Thank you. Hey, for both of you, your review was just read on the air. Uh, please, if you've heard that, I want you to email store at revelationwellness.org and we are going to send you a Love Greater Than Fear gift package. So if you leave a review today, you might get the Love Greater Than Fear package if we read your review on the air. Please consider right now just pausing. All you got to do, it's kind of weird. You, re, you take the magnifying glass that's probably on your podcast app and search Revelation Wellness Healthy and Whole. It'll take you back to the main page of where this um, podcast is found and scroll all the way down. You'll see a thing that just says write a review. Write a review. Every time you do, guys, it, it really does bless the ministry because people find it more because you're talking about it. So I appreciate any review you can leave today. Thank you guys so much. Okay, now, the big news. The big news, and I'm, I'm gonna ring the bell. I'm gonna ring it. You know why? Today, I've been waiting for this one. Lisa Whittle is on the show, and she has written her eighth book titled, you're gonna love it, The Hard Good, showing up for God to work in you when all you want to do is shut down. Listen, we share these authors with you, one, because books, everyone, read a book. <laughs> One, read the Word of God. Read the Word of God, please. Before you read anything else, before you read a post to Google and Instagram, read the Word of God. Read. Second, read. Reading is so good for our neuro health, for our brain health, our cognitive health. Holding one consistent thought for a long amount of time, it's rarer and harder to do. So that's why we love getting these authors on here who write books. Um, one thought all the way through. And I've read this book from front to back, fell in my pool. You'll hear me talk about that a little bit. I, I let it dry out and I went back to reading that book. That book was not gonna beat me. And it's such a great book. Everything she talks about today is the language of Revelation Wellness. You guys do the hard good. <laughs> you know what it means. And Lisa shares her story of walking through the hard good story of her father, a very influential pastoral leader who had a fall and what that's like as a pastor's kid and her being in the church. I mean, we, she, we go, let me just say, put on your fire retardant clothes because we are, we're on fire. <laughs> the things that the church needs today, the ability to have hard conversations, uh, the ability to manage our feelings and not let them just run us, but we also have to come to terms with our feelings. She also discloses and talks deeply more than 
any other interview, I think so far about her body, her own body struggles. She actually, there's a paragraph I read in the book to you about, she says, I could write the whole book about my battle with my body, right? Who couldn't? Who, who, who is alive and breathing that isn't feeling at times at odd with their life in the physical realm? So you're going to be greatly blessed. And when you're done, you're all going to go follow Lisa. If you're not already, follow her on Instagram or go to her page at lisawhittle.com slash good. And you can get a Bible study there that goes along with the book. Hey, do the Bible study first. Decide if this is something that interests you. And you can also get the first chapter for free. All right. I'm sweating again. My armpits are sweating right now. And that's what happened when I was with Lisa for 40 minutes. We were setting things on fire. <laughs> So grab a cold cup of tea or water with some lemon, kick your feet up, get excited about what God's going to do through this message. Thanks, guys. Poners, poners, donors. <laughs> Thank you for making this possible. Donors that make things possible are poners. <laughs> I got to go. I've been doing too many of these today. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community, today is a very fun day. Uh, Lisa Whittle is here with us. She is the author of another book. I'm going to ask her how many because I think she's just popping <laughs> things out like babies. The Hard Good, Showing Up for God to Work in You When You Want to Shut Down. Let me say that again. The Hard Good. Revelation Wellness people, you know that title. The Hard good. You don't know that just in theory, you actually put it to practice in your feet by doing the, the harder things. And so when I saw this title, I'm like, we got to get here. Plus Lisa, this was the book that I dropped in the pool. <laughs> Check her out. Check her out. Like she, look, listen, everyone, she's, she's noisy. She's been, so she fell in the pool on chapter one. I was like, oh, so then I left <laughs> it outside in the Arizona sun to dry. And then when I came back to it, it was, it's sunburned. Like the pages are crispy and then they were all stuck together, just in little clumps here and there. And I, I posted something about it on, on Instagram and Lisa's like, girl, I can send you a new one. And I said, girl, I got a thing with this book right now and I'm going to win because I'm going to peel every page and get back what was been stolen from me. So I did. I've literally have, have, uh, the, whatever glued each page so that I could redo it. It's such a great book. So Lisa, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much. That says a lot about your personality that you, 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 as, as a challenger, you want to meet the challenge of opening this book um, and not be, not go the easy way by getting a new one. Yes. I figure this out. And it is such a great book. Okay. So what number is this? What number book? This is uh, my eighth book. Good golly. By the way, and I'm just going to say it right now, it's a natural transition. I am in Lisa's coaching group called uh, called Creatives, her and Allie. And you guys, we've had Allie on the show. Uh, the book writing, communicating in any way, I sit under such great leadership of them because they really are pointing everything to Jesus, yet cultivating our, our talents and whatever God's given us. So writing books, I need mm. to just sit under your pinata of goodness of reading books because it's a grind. I'm in book three right now. I feel like it's a grind. Gosh, that is, um, I'm super honored by that. That is just a reminder to me that we have some incredible stellar women in the community that mm. are, are really accomplished in their own right. And so um, mm. you have such a great community here and uh, you're leading so well. So I'm just super mm, yeah. honored and humbled that you're in the community, honestly. 
That's so fun. Well, everyone, it is a great tool if you want to be a communicator and, and get your message out. I highly recommend it. Okay. So the hard good book number eight, mm-hmm. why, why did you write this book? <laughs> Oh man, it wasn't just because I wanted something to do. I'll tell you that. Um, it's take it, you know, it takes a toll to write a book, and particularly because I wrote a book last year. So this was, um, uh, this was the a book that I wrote right after that. I really didn't get much of a break. Um, honestly, there are a couple of reasons. Um, I would say on the uh, very spiritual side of it, uh, when. I, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to write this book. And I don't say that if you, if you know anything about my personality, you know that I don't say that very um, flippantly because um, while I feel like that the Lord has put these books in my heart from really a journey of faith and not a simple one, um, I'd say mm-hmm. one that is one, full of wrestling, um, questioning, um, it's certainly not smooth. Uh, this one in particular, when my father died in 2017, mm-hmm. um, I I had a lot in here that I thought I had dealt with, and I had in many ways. But I think when you when you lose someone who, in my case, who was my favorite person, mm-hmm. um, there's a there's just sort of a challenge there. And for me, it was what are you going to do with all you know? And mm-hmm. in particular, my father was a pastor. Um, he was a very gifted orator himself. Mm-hmm. And I watched though, as hard things would happen in his life, a, a mm-hmm. person who would wrestle mm-hmm. and also tend to run away. And mm-hmm. so I watched that and I kind of had a front row seat to what that looks like mm-hmm. and, and um, how God used him, but then also how he kind of thwarted his own uh, usability by running away from the hard and how that's yeah. been my tendency too, yeah. uh, when things get hard in certain areas specifically. Uh, and so uh, that's why this book in particular, uh, the Lord really put on my heart to, to, to write about this and what would happen on the other end of things. If I would sit with God through this uncomfortable process and mm-hmm. let him spiritually transform me mm-hmm. and what good that would be for my life. Because I think a lot mm-hmm. of us think, oh, it's just kind of charity work to do what God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. But what we don't realize is that what God wants from us, God wants for us. Yeah. And it's not like a like a bumper sticker statement. It's, it's actually true. Mm-hmm. You either believe that God wildly loves you and he created you Mm. with the good for you in mind, or you have to throw it all out and just believe that God doesn't love you at all. And so, um, yeah, that informed the whole book. So did it come easy for you, the book, or did, was it, was it a wrestle? Like, did you have the overall, like overall arc or or arch of what it was going to be about the theme of it, but then you had to go and journey it with the Lord, or did you just know now it's going to be 10 chapters, 11 chapters is what we're going to, this is how we're going to journey through. Did it well, you should go on the journey. Yeah. You should know that everything for me is almost always a wrestle. So, so, so <laughs> I, 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 that's just like, that's Praise just like Jesus. me. That's okay. just like who I am. Um, I wish it was not a wrestle for me. I'm, I'm just that way. Um, but no, I will say this. Um, one, it was a wrestle and it was, it was, here's why. Mm -hmm. Did it, did it come easy for me? 
in one sense, yes, because I knew this was the right book to write. I knew it was the right message. I knew God wanted me to to talk about it. I knew what I was supposed to talk about, but was it a wrestle? Yes, because, Mm. well, one, I, I so, um, I've heard so many people's stories that I hold so tender Mm. and that I would not dishonor someone's hard thing for my, for my life. For yeah. for the life of me, I would not do that. Yeah. And I hate Christianese. Uh, I I I, yeah. I really detest anything that feels like it's tied with a neat bow because life is not that way. Amen. And so for me, I thought if I'm going to write a book called The Hard Good, then I've got to write it honestly. I've got to write it. Um, mm. I've got to write it honoring the, 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 the hardest story I've ever heard, which I know mm-hmm. isn't even the hardest story there is mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And so I took it so seriously. So I think that was hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also hard for me because in eight books, these were the most tender stories that I pulled mm-hmm. from the, from the deepest places of my heart. I've told some tender stories in books. Mm-hmm. I'm always very honest but these were really, really deep for me. And so there were a lot of tears. Um, Mm. and as far as, you know, what wrestling out the message, not in the sense of, um, hard for me to say things because a lot of that had been dealt with for me in a counselor's office or with Jesus on my knees in um, the quiet of my own spirit. But I'm walking this book out every day. It's not like, oh, I wrote the book and I went, oh, okay, it's over. No, hard good is is a tension that we are all going to live in for the rest of our lives till we go to heaven. Amen. That's right. So yeah, it just continues to be a message for me. So the book was hard, but good. Ha ha. But really, (laughs) it's a good book, but it was a hard wrestled process. So well well earned. You guys, just a few of the things like I love that I like to read the titles of the chapters. So let me go. Uh, accepting something you wish were something different, the hard good. Cheering for someone when they get what you want, the hard good. Showing up when you want to shut down, which is the subtitle of the book. Uh, doing something God wants, even when it disappoints others. We're going to come back to that one. Finding joy in the waiting, making peace with life when it's brought loss facing tough conversations and uncomfortable truths, opening your heart again when it's been hurt, saying I'm sorry first and welcoming change. All of those, you guys, what what is there that you go don't have something to be ministered to um, by Lisa? And Lisa, you share the story of your dad, kind of it's the narr. I feel like it's the, the story you come back to and the story we're probably most, I know I'm interested in as a daughter myself. I lost my father a year ago. I did not have, oh, I'll probably cry. I read your story of your adoration for your daddy. I'm like, more. Like, I love how much you loved your dad. Um, and it made me just want to honor the, the dad that even that I didn't have, but maybe could have had. Yeah. And so when you return to your, your dad's narrative all the time, it's just so, so hard good. And it helps make sense of what didn't make sense in my life in so many ways and the way you carry it. Can you tell us, uh, tell me a little bit about that. I want to hear you you talk about your dad a little bit and what it meant to you in this book, that story. You're going to get me to cry. Um, You know, my dad was the, uh, I'm I'm getting used to it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, My, um, my dad was my favorite person. But my dad was wildly complicated. 
Like, I think a lot of us have parents that are, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it it was like, and I, I, and I felt like it was important to let people know that because, um, you know, there've been some people who have journeyed with me online or, or whatever through the story of even my mother getting remarried to someone who's now my bonus dad. And I think it's easy to look at pictures on Instagram or, you know, and and see such a sweet love story. But I wanted people to know the depth of how much I love my father, because I think, I think we look at like a new story, like, Oh, a remarriage or whatever. And we're like, Oh, that's so precious. That must've just been seamless. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly doesn't tell the tale mm-hmm. of how deep that love went mm-hmm. or in someone else's cases, like maybe even yours, how deep the complications went when there wasn't um, the, the beautiful story that we wanted. And yeah. I, I really think that's why it's universal because especially in that acceptance piece, you know, mm-hmm. um, we all have a story that in some way is not exactly what we wanted. Yeah, It's not completely right. the ending we wanted or the middle mm-hmm. we wanted or the beginning we wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of this I had to wrestle down because um, and God, let me, let me even say it in a, in a better way than wrestling it down, because that doesn't completely honor the work that God and I have done together. I, I had to, God had to work in me and, and had to change me, but also yes. Lisa, I had to be there and say, I'm here for you to do that. And I want to tell you that so many times in my life, I ran away from that. So many times when he would begin to do a process in me, I would be like, now that one's a little too hard. Let me numb out or let me run away from that. Or let me fill this with something else. I mean, listen, I've done that. Yeah. And I just, um, you know, I wrote something in Jesus over everything, the book that I released before this. And there was one line that really informed this whole book, the hard good. And it was this question that God really posed to me several years ago. And it was this question, what if you don't know the good stuff because you haven't sat with me through the uncomfortable process to get there? Um, and yeah. I literally like that, that changed me. Cause I thought, what if I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know what God knows. I don't yeah, know what he that's knows. Right, that's right. And so, um, I just yeah. thought, you know, what if I just give God a chance to redeem this? What if I give God a chance to heal this? What if I give him a chance to change me? I know I'm a tough case. I've lived <laughs> with me for a long time, but what if I give him a chance? And I will just tell you this, and it might sound simple to somebody, but this is the only thing I know. Every time I've just given him a chance to mm-hmm. do it, he's done it. And I've given him another chance and another chance. And so I just keep giving him a chance, you know? Good. I think, and that's why your father was a good father. Although he was good, wildly complicated, he pointed you to a father. He yeah. pointed you to a father that could sustain you when your earthly father would fail or whatever it would happen that that's why you, you have that. That's a gift. What a gift. What a gift of a godly man. Lisa, you also write in this book. I'm going to open it. It's on page 12. So I think we're really early on. And you said, this whole book could be about my struggle to accept my body. Yeah. 
something women are notoriously lifelong strugglers over, no matter how hard we try. Uh, tell us more about that. You guys, she does talk and refer in quite a few places about back to the body and the things that we store or resist or feel. Um, what, what has the Lord been teaching you about the struggle when it comes to your body? I'm so glad that you brought this up. I was hoping you would. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we we just learned from you so much with this, and I'm I can't wait to even learn more from you uh, mm-hmm. in the years to come. Um, I, I have I've been a lifelong struggler with my body, and I you know I think this is also a tender place for me, like it is for so many people. Yeah. I you know I think for me I there were things that I realized early on. And I don't know that I could actually verbalize it then, but I think there were things I realized early on. Oh, I don't, I don't know that I really like that about mm-hmm. me. You know, I don't know uh-huh. that I really, I don't know that I really prefer that body part or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I thought that there was like, I was going to magically at some point just be completely body in, or at least that was the goal. The goal was this complete buy-in um, to everything about me, you know, and that yeah. that if I was really spiritual, maybe even, that God at some point would just transform my whole brain process, right? And that all of a sudden I would see with, I'd have different eyesight even maybe to be able to see my body and it would be like, oh, now I really love this body part, you know? Um, And I think there, there is something to be said about having a new spiritual eyesight. I think you do begin to, I think what happens, at least this is what I would say for me, I think it's, it's been an honoring process. So it's more, it's more like I, I, have learned to honor things that I don't love because of the function that, that God has allowed me to see them as like, this is a functionality piece that they actually hold a purpose. Like God doesn't create any part of us without a purposeful function, you know, Um, even when they don't, even when physically it doesn't function as well as we like, because there are certain body parts that for some of us don't function in full capacity. And I, I honor that too, you know, um, I, I even, you know, I don't know, even because I'm a Bible teacher, you know, and I, and I read, there's a passage, there's a story in the Bible that I love so much. God, this whole thing makes me emotional today. I, I don't know. I, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible, John five. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's a story about a man being healed by the pool of Bethesda. Mm -hmm. And it talks about him having been, um, paralyzed for 38 years, Mm -hmm. a very long time to be Mm -hmm. sick, you know, and we don't know his exact paralysis, but we do know that he can't get into the pool by himself that, that we do know. So there's a very real limitation there, but that that's, that's very real. So, but what has always struck me about this passage is it's about more than physical healing. It's about the healing of the soul. It's about, you know, it's about the narrative because Jesus, it says in there, Jesus saw him and knew how long he had been ill, which obviously 
he already knew. And yet he asked them the question, would you like to get well? Which for me as a, you know, I'm not as spiritual as some of the people listening and watching, I would want to like, you know, hurl a pool toy at his set, head and say like, <laughs> you know, Hey, I mean, of course I'm lying here sick for 38 years and listen, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying like, it seems like a dumb question, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially to a sovereign God who already knows. He knows. But it, it, there's a, there's a couple of pieces. First of all, it's, it's like, I, I, I just believe that he wanted to let him know you can't do it without me. Amen. Um, or else you already would have been sick. Cause we would bypass God to our healing every time if we could. Yes. And then the second thing is that he wanted to know what the narrative was. And we know, cause it comes out in the next verse in the two words, I can't listen. The, the whole point of this is I've come to realize that I want the spiritual healing of God more than anything, because it does inform the way that I see the body that I have and can honor it, even without the preference of things Mm. that I'm not sure I'll ever prefer, but I've come to a place of like, it's not body neutrality or it's not body like, um, flippancy that's not even Mm. a term but I'm giving it one maybe (laughs) it's not even body flippancy like I don't care if I don't be like this it's more of just like I will honor this I will accept it um even though I I don't have to like prefer that I don't have to say that's what I prefer because I I'm a practical person I still think her her, her long legs, like they look good to me over there. Like I still think they're awesome and kind of wish that I had them, but I can still do that. Even accepting the ones I have, because I really honor the fact that they've taken me, you know what they've done. They've taken me so many places to preach the gospel. Preach. How can I, how can I not preach. love that? Yeah, there's, a, there's a saying that, um, at least I saw go around, gosh knows whether everything's real or not, but uh, mother Teresa said it was something said about her, like, um, Mother Teresa didn't have time to sit around and think about the shape of her thighs. She had stuff to do. Yes, yes, yes. To do. Like, what, what are we doing? You guys, I'm going to continue to read from what you say right there. You said, speaking from experience, people born with the gift of a healthy body can become grossly entitled. You're preaching my gospel, nitpicking ourselves to death by the view from our blessed lens. When you don't have to worry about legs that work, you have the luxury of hating the way they look the waiting they look too thick at the ankle. This leads to such self-loathing and ingratitude. I hated my short legs my whole life, cruelly pushed them to get them thinner. I've been on every diet that exists, not to mention bulimia, exercise, and anorexia. And I know I'm just, uh, she did, the next sentence, I was honored by it. She said, I've never typed those words before now. Thank you for saying that because that's just like, Falling out in of the darkness for people to come into the light. But after what I put myself through in college, I owe my body at least enough to say it. Over the years, I've come to accept the legs I have, something no amount of deprivation or dieting will change. Yes, you can live with the things you didn't ask for. Gratitude doesn't require preference. It requires acceptance. There. Now my pages just all fell out of this amazing book, you guys. And, and again, it, she, it comes back to it. You, you weave again about, you know, uh, about kind of honoring our body, paying attention to our body, but along with the whole hard good, I just think, I think this is my, what it, when I spend time with the Lord and I see the church and I, I love the church. I think it's amazing. I'm so excited to be a part of it. I'm, I didn't grow up knowing about it. So I'm like, Oh, tell me more about it. I'm so eager to hear and, and know. 
And yet I see the pain. I see the hate. I see the anger, bitterness, right? Like I see all the things and I, I grieve and I'm just as guilty of being a part of a person who believed in Jesus, would read the words and then could not walk, could walk away and not live them out and have abundant joy and peace. And I think you're hitting in this book, uh, the hard good showing up when you want to shut down, that that shutdown process is when adversity and trouble and sin just seems too much. And so we shut down instead of what you said, come to God and say, give him a chance. Would you, would you give him a chance to heal this part, this part, little by little? And I think you're right. We all wait for this moment that I'm going to, it's going to be whole. I'm going to be great. I'm going to arrive. I'm going to have this astounding peace and and then, I'll, and then I'll teach once I have that, then I'll talk about it or then I'll go do that thing instead of just going in the hard that will become good. He's faithful. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you even read that, I think to myself, this whole book in a way was me showing up in the midst of, because honestly, you know, I wanted I was going through things in my body, even when I shot this Bible study and I, did I want to wait until I looked a little better? Yeah. But you know what? I, at the end of the day, I thought I want to, I don't want to wait to use my gifts. I I don't want to wait. And so I, I, I'm committed to health and I believe that there are things that I can do to look better. I also am about to turn 50. And so I'm not going to be cruel to myself and say, I've got right. to try to look 18 again. Yeah, I'm going to you know make up I mean? for the years that have been lost. Right. You know, so it's like, I, I am who I am and I am the age that I am. And I believe mm-hmm. that there is such a commitment to the facets of my body that God created me with because mm-hmm. he took the time in the Bible to mention the facets, body, mind, and spirit. So mm-hmm. it's like it, 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 he wants us to know, listen, these are the three things that I've created you with. So they work together. Amen. So you gotta pay, you got to pay attention to all of them. Yeah. So I, and I think that's why I love your ministry so much is because you also believe in that. It's not just about your body. It's not just about your, your, your mind. It's not just about your spirit, but it's all three and they all work together. And so I just, you know, it it is going to require us to kind of get past this idea of like, I've got to, I can't show up until I show up perfectly. So, you know, it's sort of this, it's this weird idea of like, um, you know, I've got to get all dressed up to come to God. Even I've got to get, I've got to look better before I can even pray or I've got to, you know, and I'm saying that not look better physically. I'm talking about look better on the inside Inside. when God fully knows, obviously, but it's even like with other people, like what would happen to us if we just said like, you know, I, I, I am, I am me and I am hurting and everybody else is and and the world is hard. And that's not an excuse to sort of stay in this weird pit of of just like I'm messy. So we're all just going to stay messy. No, this is, there's a very real call to allow God to work in your life and to make much of your life. It's to say, I'm in a place where um, I want to be real and honest about it and, and let's work together. And and that's part of showing up. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to show up today and say, um, I'm still in process. I have hope. And um, so, you know, it it really is sort of the theme of the whole book for me. Yeah. It is so good. It's, it is a book that just keeps coming back to the 
to the good. It's hard, but it's good. It's hard, but it's good. That's the tension of the gospel. I feel like it's yeah. it's hard and it's good and we can continue to be yeah. faithful. And you're talking about uh, feelings a bit. You you have a section where you talk about managing feelings versus bossy emotions. How explain those two? Because I think that's a really good dichotomy of people that have feelings about their bodies and feelings about yeah. food. But let's talk about managed feelings and bossy emotions. Yeah, no, that's really important. Um, and um, because I have been in the church for a long time, um, I've watched and observed how the church has sort of handled feelings in the past. And I think mm. it, I think that's an important thing to note because if you've been in a faith community, one of the reasons why I think we have what we have now in culture, which is everything is about feelings um, is because I think in the faith community in the past, it's been like suppress the feelings. Feelings, Don't, don't give, don't give honor to them. Just do just believe or just, um, just um, act or, you know, follow a checklist. And so it was like, don't honor. And so then here we are created by God with these feelings that we don't know what to do with. And we're being told, just don't just ignore those. And it's yeah. like, well, wait, I, I, I feel jealous or I feel yeah. insecure or I feel yeah. mad. What, what do you mean? And so the church, we should have, I love the church. We should have been discipling better to say, you do have jealous feelings and you are going to feel insecure sometime. And you might feel angry or sad yes. or lonely. Let's talk about what to do with that Come on. rather than tell you to hide those and suppress them, which has led to numbing and secrets and dark mm. and all the things that have been so damaging. So what culture has done is then they've picked up on that and they've said, Oh, don't listen to them. Let's right. do this thing. Let's make it all about our feelings and whatever Come you on. feel, I want you to just do that. So that means like, If you feel like this, just do this. And if you feel like that, just do that. And we're just going to, we're just going to be all about our feelings. You don't need to worry about anything else. You don't need to worry about wisdom. You don't need to Mm. worry about belief. You don't need to worry about any of that. And as a result, it has so harmed us. It has so led to, it has led to relationship breakdown. It has led to the detriment of our own soul. It has led to poor choice. It has led to so many things. And so what I'm saying is this. God has created us with feelings and they're good and they're amazing. And what they're meant for is to tell us what's going on inside here. Like they're, they're, they're a gauge Mm -hmm. and they're meant to say what's going on here. So it would make sense that the creator of us, the creator Mm -hmm. of the universe would be the one to manage them because he knows how they'll operate. So they're to be brought under his control. And when they are that way, then they are so wildly useful and they're beautiful because (laughs) when you, when you have these feelings and you bring them under the control of the Holy spirit, what happens is then you have this, this, this beautiful sort of like tip off to what's going on inside here. And you're like, Oh, okay. So I need to be dealing with this thing going on in here. It's like, it's like a natural sort of like information Mm -hmm. guide. Right. And, um, and it helps you. And then the Lord can help you deal with it so that then you become a person who's not shut off to things, but really in tune with things, but that you're walking in tune with wisdom. And that is a powerful thing. Do you have any things that you do to practice like being in tune and step with the spirit? I know clearly you're a Bible, a word of the Bible, a woman of the Bible and teacher, and that, that is a huge value. Please let's all read our Bible and be Bible literate. So what do you do in your daily life 
that gives you practice of yielding to the Holy, Holy Spirit, yielding so that you can sort through, right? Because we're just, we act, we have an emotion and we shut down yeah. and get big, do what we do. Do you do anything in your life that you find has helped you to reconnect to the pause between yes. a stimulus and a response? There's a pause. Do you, do you have anything yes. that you do? Yes. Well, I, I mean, I think the pause is what it, uh, for me, has really been crucial. And I know this depends on different personalities because some people don't have as much struggle as maybe my personality or maybe even yours, mm-hmm. who we might be quicker to have a response or step up because a lot of those kind of passionate personalities that bubbles up. But a lot of us, and listen, even people who normally might not respond to something, if they get triggered, it might be a quick or even, listen, a shutdown can also be, it can be loud responses, but it can also be a walking away. That's right. Passivity. You know, yes. Yeah. The passivity or, or just sort of that crumpling up in that moment or whatever, mm. um, passive aggressive stuff, mm. you know, and we all get very brave behind our computers too. Like every personality sort of gets a little brave with their fingertips. <laughs> but, um, I think for me, it, it, it is, it is, it has been very much that pause of, 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 not not allowing myself in that moment to respond even when i'm 99% sure it's a good response but really honestly walking away and making forcing myself to either take a walk go yeah. Yeah, take a shower yeah. um i i mean practice i get real practical. relocate relocate Re- relocate to <laughs> remove myself you know literally turn my phone off for amen t- 30 minutes come on i mean it is it, it is really that that moment of break it, it that that causes yeah. you to say um Oh gosh, what was a great idea 30 minutes ago? Now that I've sat on it, it actually wasn't that good. Mm. And I'm telling you, I have thought many times I was convinced in that second it was it was right. It was the right yeah. thing to do and it yeah. was great. It was yeah. fantastic. And I'm telling you, I've gone and eaten dinner and I've come back and I've thought, "Oh, I'm so glad I did not post that." That's that would have I- been terrible. Um, I think that's important. I think sleep is important. Sleeping on it. Um, I think asking a trusted person, is this a good thing to post? Or is this a good thing to actually, uh, text to my friend that I'm really kind of not happy with right now? Um, I think a worship song is always a good idea. I, I am a big, I think, uh, going and like I said, taking a walk, doing a little bit of exercise mm-hmm. um, is not a bad idea. I think drinking a, a big, making your, literally pouring yourself a large glass of water and saying, I'm not going to post that until I drink that drink whole this glass. Bang. Come on. That's a wellness tip right there. It's a very I mean, practical. Honestly, I, I, because I think we need those tangibles. Like it, honestly, yes. Pray because God has helped yes. me so many times. I also think that that there is a there's a real thing that the Lord gives us, which is again the body, mind, spirit. That mind thing, um, and the spirit thing. Like when you bring those things together, and God is a God of wild practicality. Wow. Um, so I love. You know, I love a tip that walking outside and petting my dog for 10 minutes um, changes something in my, in my spirit. And also I think too, 
listening to somebody else's needs. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you hear from someone else who is hurting, all of a sudden, sometimes our pettiness or even our, even something that's not petty, Mm -hmm. but it it, it puts things in a perspective. perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Amen. That's not good. Oh my gosh. I have so many places I want to go with this. Like, wow, you are preaching such a great a gospel that we need to hear of practicality and this love for God that he does bridle our tongue. Um, that uh, Just listening the other day or, or reading and listening to James about the tongue and how the tongue literally directs the entire body. And like you yeah. can set so many things on fire with it. But it is for those of you that she said about you hold your tongue. You maybe you don't say anything at all. Then those words turned inward also can cause so much discomfort and unbelief. Really, in the end, we just try to to pass by and think it's not that important. I'll keep passing it off. Mm. It's so it's so cool how God has has integrated us in, in in this learning of hard good. So when it comes to the church, how do you think we could do better with tough conversations? Mm. I love that you asked me that. That's a really important chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, uh, first of all, have to know that that is a place that historically has caused problems. Um, and it's not, and I don't just mean like it's caused problems for us, but it, it's caused, it's caused problems that, that, that we can actually turn around and, and it's not too late for, you know, when, when the church is not willing to have tough conversations, it's the same thing that happens with the whole feelings issue that I just brought up. Culture says, okay, well, the church is not willing to talk about this. So I'll, we'll, we'll just talk about it. Let, let us fill in all of the blanks when, when we as believers and the church, we know the truth according to the Bible. And, mm-hmm. and we are like this, um, we're the representatives, we're the mouthpiece. We know the yeah. truth. We have the antidote for life, yes. the, in, in, you know? And so here mm-hmm. we are and here, here we know, right. We have all, we have all these people that, that, that don't know Jesus in the world mm-hmm. and they're, they're hungry and they're hurting and they're yeah. desperate and they're, yeah. and, and right now is such a ripe opportunity, especially because people are like, you know, they're, they're afraid. I mean, I tell the story in, and might, might've been in Jesus over everything might not have been in the hard good. I don't remember. Cause I only wrote the books a year apart. Forgive me. But <laughs> okay. I tell the story, I think it's in Joe about how my mom was, um, she's in this small Texas town and, um, she went to the hardware store and there was a woman there that was working. And, you know, this was right in the middle of the the hardest, hardest hitting part of early days of quarantine and the pandemic. And she, she looked at my mother, didn't know her from anyone. And she talked about how she was just so afraid that she was going to get the virus. Mm -hmm. And my mom just looked at her and my mom is such a deep believer. And she loves the church so much. 
And the woman said to her, she said, you know, I've tried going to church. She didn't know my mom's background at all. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you God. stumbled into a gold mine. God, that's right. Yeah. And God knew. And she said, um, I'm so afraid I'm going to get this virus. And my mom said, I understand completely. And um, she said, um, you know, I tried going to church and it didn't help that much. And my mom said, you know, I understand. She said, but it's really not about church. She said, it's about a relationship with Jesus. And the woman looked at her and said, I would love to know about how to have a relationship with Jesus. And my mom walked down and she said, I can tell you. And in that hardware store, my mom led her to know Jesus. And here's what I'm going to tell you. There are people like that all over. And this is a time that people in the world that don't know him are, they're desperate for an answer. And so if the church is not willing to have hard conversations, um, then what culture does is say, well, let, let me tell you what to do in these hard, scary times that you're afraid of the virus. Um, let's just, you just need to read another self-help book or you just, you just need to, um, drink more, or you just need to find programs in this program or that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, because, Mm -hmm. because everybody's looking for a tactic to help us get through. And so here's the church over here and we can really have hard conversations that matter and, and, and let people know, listen, we're, we, we have an answer, but at the same time, we're willing to talk with you and walk with you through hard things. We're not going to turn a blind eye. We're not going to turn you away. And so you can trust us when we then want to tell you about a solution. Because what happens is, is I think a lot of well-meaning Christians, because we're afraid of the hard things, we, we, we just want to throw Jesus at people. Yeah. And, you know, we're just like, well, here's Jesus. And, you know, we we haven't walked with people and they're like, you haven't earned the right to speak into my life enough. Yeah. That's Um, that's when we're just throwing gospel grenades at people. You're just throwing it like a weapon. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that's why it's important. Man, you're making this so clear. The fact that if we as the church can't do hard things in the church where we are safe to do it, where this is a community that says, hey, we want you to get better, not not just feel better, but we can get better. We can do hard things together. It's training ground. It's going to training wheels. We're going to do it messy. We're going to do it wrong. We're going to ask for forgiveness. We're going to actually have to live out these words here in the confines of the church. So we train up there. Then you can go out and you're equipped to have hard conversations. What if they reject me? I talk about Jesus. What if I say this? You've been equipped in the church where you should be in the family, in the security and privacy of God's holy home to then go out. And I think you're right. We haven't done it in the church. We, we People, I was just reading a book, Lisa, it's, it's about um, addiction and people and addicts. And, and one woman in particular had a massive um, heroin use and drug use, but she only thinks she loved God. She loved God and she loved the mm. church. And she started out like having a background in church and community, but she had some struggles. And so then she would drink and then kind of go to church and go back and forth. And then one day she went to church and just confessed to this, these addictions that she was having. And the church or that particular church um, told her, you're wrong for having those. You need to stop. And basically Mm. did not address her, did not comfort her, did not compassion, did not say, Hey, let's talk about that. Let's walk about. They, they, they shamed her and she left the church. She left the church went on a big, huge bender of just using. And now she no longer is, would call herself a believer. 
uh, but she has found her church, her community in AA. Right? Yeah. You go, yeah. Of course you yeah. did. Of course you did. Because they right. said, we do, we do hard things here. But in the end of it, that woman, you're still going to die. And you can know a God who takes you out of that. Please know that community, be in that community. But you've been also called to more for who God has created mm. you to be. And unless you're walking in community with people who know him, you won't know yourself. And to know him more is to know yourself. So anyways, I, it's exactly, your book is just on time, on spot for this. And by the way, that story is in this book. Mm. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, it's in oh, this good. book. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. remember. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. It's sometimes hard when you write the things you don't remember yes. which book it's in. Yeah. For sure. My goodness. Okay, you guys, I don't want to keep you all day because I know you're going on to talk to someone else, but here's the deal. Y'all need to go to lisawittle.com slash good. You can get some goodies there um, that she has a free chapter. I think a download chapter. You can get chapter one if you want. There's also a Bible study. She is a woman of the Bible. You want to get this Bible study that helps kind of walk through the hard good. This, the arc narrative of the book is found in the Bible as she's studied it for you. So they can go do that. Anything else? Lisa, what's the, well, actually I have a few more questions for you. One, coffee, tea, or kombucha. What's your (laughs) go-to? Uh, I like coffee and tea, not kombucha. What? Have you tried it? Have you tried it? One time and I did not love it. You but tried I mean, a bad one, a bad flavor. I probably did. I probably did. I probably tried a off-brand and bad flavor. So I, get, <laughs> I would give it another try. So good for you. Okay. Um, favorite way to move your body? Um, I actually have an exercise. I have a desk bike that I, mm-hmm. I enjoy riding while I, uh, while mm-hmm. I work, but, um, I also really like to walk and I go in spurts cause I get bored. So there's different things that I like. I also like weights. Um, I don't know. I like different yeah. things. I used to be a big, I used to be a big aerobic person when I was younger. Like I used to do all that. Yes. I, I've, I've kind of done it all, but, um, yeah. Walking is always the good one to return to. I think. Yeah. I have a yeah. I have a walking treadmill desk thing. Um, I love it. Just I kind of yeah. I've seen the bike thing too. I've thought yeah. about that. Either way, just I like it. it. I like it. Favorite, um, like active wear clothing. If you're going to go for a walk, or you know, your favorite leggings or whatever it is, and where do you get them at? Um, you know, I've had a lot of success with the target brand. Um, and Target I don't even has know, stepped it up. I know. I don't even know what that brand is, but I really Joy, like it. Joy something is one of their, I, I, I okay. have it. Yeah. I yeah. like it. And I also really, I do really like the ones with the, the pockets that they make now. I do. It's so funny. You're uh, we, we ask this question of many people. They say that pocket, they situation. want the pocket thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever started doing the pockets made the, made the, made the money with that. Um, but yeah, I really do like those. I mean, you know, my daughter loves Lulu, but you know, and so, but I, they're so expensive, but anyway, I guess to get really good yeah. ones. Yeah, they they are one of those investment pieces. They do last, I will say that. But right, then that's you. important. Yeah, that's important. But I do like Target. I will say I do like their brand. Um, one thing. What's the one thing you want people to take away? But you've said today, if you could only say one thing to them today, mm. you want them to know. I want them to know that. Um, I want them to know that if that doesn't end with hard that it ends that it ends good Um, if they know Jesus it it ends good that's 
good way to end it right there. You guys go to lisawittle.com slash good. Get all the things that are over there to um, to grow, to grow in this message because I don't, <laughs> I'm looking at the future and it don't look easy, everyone. It looks hard nope. and difficult. Yeah. It will end good. So thank you, Lisa, for being here today. We're blessed thank by you. you. Thank you so much. <laughs>